Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, um, I'm no country music fan. I admit that up front. Um, But my wife, Betty, is. And uh, so the way that we work this is we have a car radio rule. The radio rule is this. Whoever's driving the car gets to pick the radio station we listen to. I do most of the driving. <laughs> but when she drives, I got to say, she's a good sport about it. She doesn't insist on country music. She loves it. I get in her car. I got to change the stations when I drive it alone. But, um, and I got to admit, over the years, I've kind of sort of, well, I can tolerate it now, okay? Uh, especially some of the younger country stuff. But it's interesting, and country music particularly, um, talks about life kind of situations. You know, my dog died, and you left me, and now I'm stuck, you know, Riding on a train with the beer can in my hand or something like that. I don't know. Um, but a number of years ago now, it's about four or five years ago, Brad Paisley wrote a song. Uh, it's called Letter to Me. I don't know if you're familiar with the song. Um, but it's a letter that he wrote, writes to himself like when he was 17. And telling him about, you know, now that I'm grown, now that I've got this experience, now that I see things from the bigger perspective, here's the things I wish you knew when you were 17. And I just wonder if, if you had the opportunity to do that, to write a letter that could be sent, you know, back to the past and you would open at 17, what kinds of things would you write on there? What, what kind of advice, what kind of um, wisdom would you give yourself with what you know now that you wish you knew then? Um, my guess is, more than likely, it would be a lot of the same things that your parents were telling you when you were 17, only you didn't listen to them because you didn't believe them. Um, in fact, I just kind of put it another way. How many growing up as a teenager, did something really, really stupid, just one, really, really stupid that you're glad your parents never found out about. Yeah? Okay. How many are not raising your hand because your teenager's in the room and you don't want them to know? Uh, You know, there's things we wish we knew back then. It would have made life so much easier. This whole series that we're doing called Getting a Grip, it's all about getting a better handle on your life. And the way to do that is to see your life from the grander perspective. See how your life fits in God's big picture. It's why we're doing the 40-day reading plan. Because through the 40-day reading plan, you get from Genesis to Revelation, the overview, the 50,000-foot view of God's big story, what God is doing in this world. And in that, find your place in it. And so that's what this whole thing has been about, this whole series has been about. And it's based on Moses' prayer that's recorded in Psalm 90, where he said, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, Lord, teach us how to make life count in such a way that we make wiser decisions, that we make better choices about our, our, our relationships, about our, our families, about, about our finances, about our careers, that, that it's, it's all about making wiser choices. In fact, that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, about making wiser choices and what the Bible has to say about it. And I want to look at two passages particularly we're going to read uh, that you may at first think they don't have anything together with each other, but they do. So trust me and go with me this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, if you want to follow along, beginning in verse 15, Paul wrote this to the Ephesian church. He said, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Do not be, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then if you want to turn back towards more the middle of your Bible, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He 
will make your paths straight. Both of these passages are talking about how to make better decisions, how to have a better, wiser view of the choices that you make in life. And we're going to kind of take it apart a little bit and look at it this morning. But there's some very key principles here, very important principles that you can use, that you can leverage for your benefit if you understand them and if you put them into place. And, and they're really, in a lot of ways, it's nothing you don't already know. It's just there's a big difference between knowing and actually doing. So let me give you some of these principles. The first one is this. Understand that there is a cumulative effect to the choices that you make. There's a cumulative effect to the decisions and choices that you make. That none of our choices stand apart in isolation. That they're all linked together. We talked about this last week. All of life is connected. Nothing stands separate from the rest. And every choice, every decision that you make, it's connected to others. And they have a cumulative effect. In other words, they add up. The choices that you make in life, they add up. And you see this principle work all the time. If you make a decision to exercise 30 minutes a day, and you stay with that 30 minutes a day, it's not a lot, you know, it's not a huge investment, but if you invest 30 minutes a day in your physical well-being, in your physical health, that after a year, you will be much healthier. And there's a cumulative effect to it. If you do that for 30 minutes every day, that is far, far better at the end of the year than to decide for the next two days I'm going to do nothing but exercise and make up for it all, okay? Because it doesn't work that way. It's the cumulative effect. Following through on a regular basis. Same thing if you're a student. You know it is much better to spend 20 or 30 minutes in each subject instead of waiting and pulling an all-nighter cramming for the final exam the night before. The, the, The cumulative effect is far more powerful and far more impactful and far more beneficial. That there is this cumulative effect. And that's why Paul writes these words. He says, be very careful then how you live. What he's saying is, the most important commodity that you have in your life is your time. It is the only thing that once it is spent, you can never get back. You can lose money in an investment, but you can work and gain some back. There's a lot of other assets, a lot of other commodities that you have that if you lose it, if you have a car and it's stolen, you can buy another one. Okay? If, if something happens to your home and you got insurance, you can replace it. If you don't have insurance, it's going to take you a little bit longer. But everything else, you can pretty much replace. What you cannot replace is your time. It is your most important and valuable asset because every, t- every minute, every second that you spend is gone forever. So he says, be very careful. Live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Now, some of your translations, if you've got an older one, says, redeeming the time. And that's kind of, redeeming is not a word that we use very much now. So modern translations have this idea of, of making the most of every opportunity. You kind of want to get that idea across. But, but literally, it means redeeming the time. Now, let me explain what that means, because we don't use that word very much. Um, next month is our granddaughter's uh, second birthday. And so my daughter has decided that we're going to do the birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whoa, was that a reaction or what? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So what we did, now I haven't been to Chuck E. Cheese since my daughter's second birthday, okay? So it's changed a lot over the years. But the basic principle is the same. Uh, And so we actually, we went to check it out. Um, Yeah, we actually went to Chuck E. Cheese for no reason than to eat the pizza there. Uh, Yeah, I know. 
suffered for it for the rest of the week. Um, but so here's what the deal. If you go to Chuck E. Cheese, they have all kinds of video games. They've got uh, skee-ball. They've got all kinds of basketball. They've got all these kind of games. And you play the games. You put your tokens in. You play the games. And however good you do in the game, these little paper tickets come out. Okay? And, and you know, if you do well, you get a lot of tickets. If you don't, you don't get so many. But what you do is then you've got these tickets. And what you take those tickets after you've earned them all you know, for playing there for an hour or so. And you take them over to the redemption center. The gifts, they call it the gift center. But really what you're doing is you're taking your tickets and redeeming them. And you can take those tickets, those paper tickets that are worth nothing, but you can go over there and you can redeem them and get a little ball, you know? And if you got like 50,000, 100 million tickets, you can get something of value. But, <laughs> but the idea, that's what redeeming means. That I have this, that I, I use to get something of value. In fact, literally redeeming means to buy back. To buy back to myself. Uh, another example, more adult example is a pawn shop if someone has a great need if you have something of value but you need cash like right away you can go to a pawn shop with your guitar or a ring or something and you can go and pawn it and what you do when you pawn it is they give you a pawn ticket they give you the money at a pretty high interest rate but you know you're desperate so what are you going to do and and then they give you a loan based on the value of the article that you leave with them now you have a certain amount of time to redeem that article. You can go pay back the loan and get your guitar back, get your ring back, get whatever it is that you pawn. What you are doing there is they're giving you a loan against your own property, but the way that you get it back is you redeem it. You pay back the loan. You buy back your own stuff. And what Paul is saying is, you've only got so much time. And, and it's a very, you've only got so many time coins in your time purse, wallet, if you will. So he said, use them to buy things of value. Redeem your time wisely. Use your time in such a way that you buy back for yourself something of great value. And that really comes down to your decision making. Because if you think about it, all of us here are pretty much here. We are the sum of the choices that we have made in life. Who you are right now is pretty much the sum of the choices that you have made all through your life because there's this cumulative effect. And, and, you, and if you know this, this principle, you can use that to your advantage. You know that if you, if you are taking musical instrument lessons, you know that if you practice every day a certain amount, you will get better at it because there's a cumulative effect. It adds up. Now, one practice doesn't do it by itself, but cumulatively it adds up. And there's a benefit to it. Um, same thing with financial investments. Same thing with relational investments. If you invest enough time in your family, you will get something of value back from that. Now, it's not, you, you, you can't, it is more valuable to spend a little bit of time each day with your children than to take them on the big expensive trip to Disney World. They like the big expensive trip to Disney, don't get me wrong, but but you invest more a little at a time, you reap a better, bigger benefit. Because if you ignore your children, if you ignore your family all through your life and just throw in these once in a while big vacations, those are the only memories they're going to have. Same thing in your relationship with your husband or your wife. Spending time together regularly, investing a little bit at a time brings you, brings you a better return, a better re- yield, a better result than if you just do one of these big 
weekend getaways every once in a while because of the cumulative effect. It, it, much, much greater value. Now, it also can work against you. And it works against you when you procrastinate, when you neglect, when you know what you ought to do, but you choose not to do it. When you know, if I, if I spend more time with my family, I would have a better relationship down the road. But I just don't have the time right now. Work is just so overwhelming. I got so, much, so many irons in the fire. I just don't have the time. And that procrastination and that neglect also has a payback. It happens all the time. I have couples come for, for marriage counseling. And, and they come, and for six, seven, eight years, there have been these patterns in their relationship that they have repeated and repeated, hurting each other, neglecting each other, doing all of these things. And they come after seven or eight years, and they want me to fix the relationship. And, and I tell them, you know, it can be fixed. I can't fix it. It can be fixed, but I can't do it. And, and you've got to understand, it's gonna take, it took you seven years to get into this mess. It's going to take you a while to get out of it. Why? Because there's a cumulative value to decisions that you make. And once you've spent your time, it's gone. There's a corollary to this one. And it is this. That not only is there a cumulative value to decisions you make, but that the impact of today's decisions won't be felt until later. See... It's, a, it's an accumulation of a lot of different choices along the way. But the thing is, you don't see the results of those choices right away. That's why New Year's resolutions don't work very well. Because we start with great intentions, but we don't see the results right away. Nobody goes to the gym for one day and their first day of exercising and comes into work the next day and everybody goes, whoa. Whoa, you must be, you, are you working out? You are so buff, you know? Because you don't see that result the first day. You don't see it the second day. You don't see it the first week. That's why, that's why all these gyms have so much money. Because <laughs> people have these great intentions. They buy the two-year membership and they never use it again. All this equipment never gets used. Because we don't see the immediate results to it, so we just think it must not be valuable after all. And we don't understand the principle of the cumulative effect. And we don't, because we don't understand that, and we don't understand that we don't see the results for a while, we give up. It must not be valuable because I don't see the value in it right now. What we do is we procrastinate, or we ignore, or we just decided it's not worth the time. And that's this propensity that we have to procrastinate is what Paul talks about here. Um, in Ephesians 5.16, he says, making the most of every opportunity or redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, what does that mean? The days are evil. Well, yeah, it has to do with wickedness, but it has to do with more than that. Um, the word is also used to describe things that are destructive or harmful or painful. And what he is saying there is, he says, make the most of every opportunity because the culture that we live in, the natural propensity that we have tends toward destruction. <laughs> we bring it on ourselves very often. He says, pay close attention to how you live. Make the most of every opportunity because you live in this society, in this culture that the current goes this way towards destruction. 
It goes to things that are harmful. And if you just go with the flow, it's not going to get you where you want to be. Because there is this current. The days are evil. The days are harmful. The days are destructive. The age in which we live is this current that will carry us towards destruction. And that's why, you, that's why when you neglect something, you don't see the immediate results, but you do down the road. Because that's where the drift. And the thing is, it takes no effort whatsoever to neglect something. <laughs> it takes no effort to procrastinate. That's real easy. That's just going with the current. That's going with the flow. So he says, make a decision to go against the flow. Make the most of every opportunity. Andy Stanley writes, it's a great book, by the way. I highly recommend. Um, I think we almost sold out. I think we got one copy left in the Resource Center. And we get these books so you can get them right away. Um, but we'll reorder more. But I just want to read to you a little bit. Uh, the book title is The Principle of the Path. And it talks about how to get where you want to go in life. Um, and it has to do with decision-making. But this is one of the things he says about the heart of the matter. He says, our problem stems from the fact that we are not on a truth quest. We are on a happiness quest. We want to be, as in feel, happy. And our quest for happiness often trumps our appreciation for and pursuit of what is true. My coffee costs about four bucks a cup. That's ridiculous. Inexcusable in the light of the needs of the world today. That's $80 a month if I skip weekends. I could sponsor, I could sponsor two more kids through Compassion International for less than that. What is wrong with me? Well, I'm on a happiness quest. And my soy lattes contribute to my happiness. In fact, as I learned a few years ago, when I quit drinking coffee for a few months, my soy lattes contribute to the happiness of my staff as well. <laughs> I actually had a key staff member call me aside and tell me in no uncertain terms that I was more fun to be around when I was drinking coffee. That was all the excuse I needed. He says, if you have perfectly good clothes you never wear hanging in your closet, but you plan to do a little shopping later this week, what's that about? Why would you buy more clothes when you don't wear the ones you already have? The answer, because when you wear something that is new and stylish, you feel better about yourself. You feel happy. When you put on last year's model, you feel a bit last year-ish, unhappy. And you don't want to feel that way. So when you head for the mall, you aren't simply shopping for clothes. You are in search of the happy feeling that comes with looking good. And then he goes on, he says, when happiness points in one direction, while wisdom, truth, and integrity, and common sense point in another, that's when really smart people start doing really stupid things. The problem with happiness quest is that happy today does not necessarily equal happy tomorrow. See, to go against that current, to go against that flow, that will be painful sometimes. That will cost you something. Because it's not easy. There will be some price to pay to go against that current. But here's the thing. The price that you pay, the sacrifice you make now to buck that trend, that pain, that sacrifice, that cost is not nearly as expensive as what you will pay later on down the road. Not nearly as expensive. Castro Motorol used to have a, a commercial. It was a mechanic, and you say, well, you can pay me now, or you can pay me later. You, know, you can spend $30 a month or every two months and change your oil and keep your engine running well, 
and it'll cost you about $30 a month. Or you can pay me a couple years from now, thousands of dollars to replace the engine. It's your choice. (laughs) And that's in essence what Paul is saying here. He says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And the wise thing to do is to look down the road. In fact, that's what Proverbs 27, 12 says. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple keep going and suffer for it. In other words, the wise person looks down the road and when they see trouble, they take refuge. They find shelter. They take a different path. The simple, the foolish person just keeps going ahead and they suffer for it. I will tell you, No couple starts their marriage on their wedding day planning for a divorce. But divorces happen. Nobody's financial plan is bankruptcy. (laughs) Nobody starts out that way. Nobody wants that to be the end of that road. They don't want to head down that path, but they make little decisions along the way, and that's where they end up. And the sad thing, the really sad thing is in some situations and in some cases, you reach a point of no return. The marriage can't be put back together. The bank account can't be refilled. He's saying, that's why this is so important. Make the right decisions along the way. See down the road. See further down the road than today's happiness. And adjust your path accordingly. Because every choice you make sends your life in one direction or another. Galatians 6, 7 puts it this way. A man reaps what he sows. Now, he's not talking about karma. This isn't what goes around, comes around. What he is simply saying is where you put your investment, that's where you're going to get your yield. Where you plant seed, what you plant, you plant pumpkin seeds, you're going to get a pumpkin. You plant apple seeds, you'll get an apple tree. You reap what you sow. And the natural outcome of all of these smaller decisions along the way is going to be the reaping time. So he says, make the wise decisions. Plant the right things now. And here's the takeaway. Here's the really big idea with this whole thing. That the choices you make are cumulative, they have, and, and you don't see the effects right away. But here's the really important thing, and this is if you take nothing else home, take away this. When your inclination, when you're leaning, when you're bent, when your way conflicts with God's, choose His way. <laughs> Lean His direction. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Our natural inclination is to lean on our own wisdom, our own understanding, our natural. In fact, he uses very specific wording. It has to do with where do you put your weight down? What do you use to prop up your life? He says, don't lean on your own understanding because it's not going to hold you up. Put your weight down in the Lord. Entrust your life to his end. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't trust your heart. Trust God with your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't put your weight over here. Put your weight in God. Because it really comes down to what you believe about him. See, if I truly believe that God is good, that God is loving, that he really does have my best interests at heart, then the only wise and sensible thing to do is to choose his way. But you see, if I don't believe that, if I question that, then I'll do it my own way. And people say, well, I know somebody, they did this, and it worked out fine for them. And I said, so far. (laughs) And yes, there are exceptions, 
But more often than not, the path you choose is where you're going to end up. The cumulative effect of your choices will lead you somewhere. And you may not see the results right away, but eventually you will. So make the right investment. You just simply lean into God. When you come down and you're faced with choices and you're weighing your options, put the weight on God's side. Because your wisdom is not going to be enough. Consistently putting your weight in Him, trusting in Him, will get you where you want to go. That's what he goes on. He says, in all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Now, see, other translations, this is the, today's New Living Translation, says submit to Him. Other translations say, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. But that's not strong enough. Because acknowledge Him kind of seems like, okay, God, thank you for your input. I'm going to go ahead and do my thing. <laughs> You know, it's a little nod. Thanks for the help. You know, thanks for the advice, but I'm going to do my own thing. To acknowledge him is to submit to him. It's to choose his will over my own. And if I believe that he has my best interests at heart, that he really does love and care about me, and he's only told me these things for my own benefit, for my eternal benefit, then it only makes sense to put my trust in the one who knows better, who loves and cares about me, and wants the very, very best for my life. So instead of just thanking him for suggestions, it's a decision to say, okay, God, I'm going to do it your way. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me right now. But I believe your wisdom is better than mine. And if this is the way you say to do it, then that's the way I'm going to do it. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter how old you are. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are, you can change the direction. Now, there might be some things that are past the point of no return. But with God, you never reach that point. His grace is always there. No matter what bad decisions, no matter how long you've gone down that path, you can t- get off that path and put your trust in Him. Consistently, consistently choosing God's way is the best choice you could ever make. It's a decision to do it his way in the little decisions. And here's the thing. If you make the right little decisions along the way, it actually makes the big decisions a lot easier because you've already chosen a direction for your life. And you know if I go down this road, then the wise choice to make is the one that keeps me on this road. And, and so what really happened, that's what he's saying. It will make your ways clearer. Not easier. Not without difficulty, but clear. If you consistently make the little decisions along the way, following His will, following His plan, following His instruction, His commandments, the bigger decisions become much, much clearer. So Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. To know and not do, and this isn't my words, this is God's words, he said, that's just being a fool. <laughs> Saying, don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California. Yeah.